Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, Senior Technology Editor at The Verge. And you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm actually at Vox Media Headquarters, too. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech. It could be anything, like uh, what Uber, Equifax, and SoFi have in common this year. Oh, man. Which is major screw-ups on the part of all companies. Lots of screw-ups. Yeah, and at some point, we may have to address some of them again, but that's not our topic today. But send us your questions. We really do read all of your emails and tweets, and we try to answer them as best as we can. All right. Find us on Twitter or tweet them to at Recode or to myself or to Lauren with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. We also have an email address. It's too embarrassed at Recode.net. And a friendly reminder that Kara's password has two R's and two S's. <laughs> You're very funny. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, R-R-S-S. My password is I heart, I heart Lauren. One, two, three. It, you're... <laughs> It's I miss Lauren. <laughs> Not even slightly. Uh, because you're in New York mm-hmm. today. I am, indeed. Here I am in New York. We did Code Commerce. It was very exciting. Very exciting. You guys had a tremendous lineup. We did. We always do, Lauren. Haven't you been paying attention for 15 years? Anyway. I've been to a few of your events. Yes. They've been, I know. You've been on stage. You've been excellent. I have, but it seems as though the event really went off mm-hmm. quite well. I was yes. seeing uh, your interview with Johanna and uh, Bozima St. John. No, Are you saying her name correctly? No, Bozema? you're not. Boz. I'm sorry. No, oh, anyway, Boz and St. John. She's amazing. Clearly, she was really good. Down. Yeah, she's really she's the head of brand marketing at Uber, and I have to say, she's quite a canny executive. She did a great job. That's excellent. Today, I'm too embarrassed to ask. We are continuing our discussion of the most wonderful time of the year for nerds, and it's fall product season. There, of course, is a lot going on in technology, but right now, uh, there are a lot of hardware launches. Last week, we talked to Dieter Bone from The Verge about the Samsung Galaxy Note 8 and some other new Android phones, like the Essential Phone. Mm-hmm. And this week, we are joined by Recode's editor-in-chief, Dan Fromer, who just flew back from the Apple event, and boy, are his arms tired. He and I, <laughs> I needed to do that. He and I are here in New York for Code Commerce, as I said. And uh, if you want to hear interviews from that conference, you can find them at our other podcast, Recode Replay. Kara, do you need help picking up all of the Recode names that you're dropping right no, now? No, not at all. Um, it's very Recode ish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. Let's talk about Apple. Right. right. Dan was at Apple earlier this week. I, a bunch of us were at, I was at the Apple event. And this was a really big event for Apple because it marked 10 years since the iPhone first launched in 2007. Yes. And there were a lot of rumors and a lot of leaks ahead of this event about what Apple was going to do, not only to commemorate 10 years of iPhones, but to do something that was really going to, you know, make Apple's phones stand out from the crowd more. Right. We're seeing a lot of phone makers start to introduce some really nice hardware and some pretty advanced technologies in, in mobile phones. And, you know, people always say this, but it's true. Apple doesn't do something first. It tends to try to wait yeah. and see if it can do it best. And that was definitely uh, the case here. So I'm very welcome. happy to have Dan on. Welcome, Dan. So talk about it as an anniversary event. Like, Was there cake or, or you know, fetting or whatever? But how important was it for Apple? And describe the scene because it was on their new campus, correct? Yeah, I would say more, more so than seeing it as an anniversary event. It was kind of a welcome event. Mm-hmm. It was the first time they had had a group of people, you know, one of these keynote events at their new campus, which is called Apple Park. Mm -hmm. It's in a different part of Cupertino than the old Infinite Loop campus. But really, it was about christening the new Steve Jobs Auditorium or Steve Jobs Theater, which, you know, when they've had these events three or four times a year, 
they rarely have them at Apple's campus. They're usually they usually have to rent out some theater. They don't have, it's an old campus. Yeah, they would spend. They, they had an auditorium there, but it was small. So oh. they would they would rent out some huge theater either in San Francisco or one of the other suburbs down in Silicon Valley. They would do this massive build out, and now they don't have to do that anymore. They have this amazing thousand seat theater in their new campus called designed Steve, by Johnny Ive designed by Johnny Ive mm-hmm. I don't know I wonder how much work he actually did on the theater it I know like he, an Apple store it looked like uh, <laughs> it looked like a, a, a Johnny Ive fever dream of some sort it's this <laughs> glass cylinder mm-hmm. with a with a metallic carbon fiber ceiling that is supported only by the glass cylinder there are no posts oh, no. it has some really interesting lighting because it's surrounded by trees so it has kind of a green glow to it in that first floor area and then you go downstairs on these amazing, I guess they're marble, this marble, these marble yeah. walls in this staircase that feels like it's carved into stone. Um, and then downstairs, there's this huge white room, which is where they had the demo area set up. And then the theater down even one one level below that, mm-hmm. an amazing, amazing uh, screen that they put in, like a super high-end movie theater screen and yeah. sound system. So You knew they weren't going to skimp, right? No. I mean, and why would they? Yeah. They, you know, they literally have... $200 billion or something yeah. like that? Why not? So why not? Why not? What did you think, Lauren? I was seriously impressed by it. Mm-hmm. And it's worth noting, too, that we only saw the Visitor Center and the Steve Jobs Theater. The Apple Park spaceship, as people have been calling it, the yeah. big circular building that we've seen footage of from drones and stuff like that, that's the that's where employees are going to be working. Um, I heard, I've heard that not many of them are in there yet, but that's where they'll be. And we didn't even get to see that. We sort of saw it from a distance, like up on the hill. And mm-hmm. it, like Dan said, it just kind of looked like it possibly wasn't even real. Like it was this like gorgeous backdrop on a sunny Cupertino morning. And someone from The Verge made the point too that you can almost tell the way that the glass cylinder was designed. It's like the sunlight just like hits it perfectly. It creates this like J.J. Abrams like lens flare of every photo that you take. And there's so much thought that goes into this building. It's just like, it's unbelievably beautiful. The bathroom doors were nice. Yeah. Like when people go to like key card in, the key card terminals are like flush against the wall. And like, Mm. it's It was a delight to use a a Johnny Ive designed bathroom. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. On that note, on that note, I don't want to hear the rest of that information there, but let's talk about the actual phones. The iPhone, uh, I'm going to interview you both, I think. The iPhone 8 Plus and then the iPhone 10, which or X, or if you want to call it. Of course, there is a 9. It is really 9, but I'm going to not argue with them. So, which isn't but shipping seven, until... Eight, nine. Whatever. There's a 9. <laughs> oh, that's an old joke. That's, a, that's like a 7-year-old person's joke. Oh, uh, I just got that. 7, 8, no, you don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> Two of you. All right. Let's talk about the phones. Okay. The thoughts. Let's start with you, Dan. Um, they, they don't come till September. How should people look at the new phones? Everyone's been asking me whether to buy it. I did not see it. I don't. I, I wasn't paying attention to a lot of the coverage because I was doing this conference. So talk about each of them and, and the difference between the, the 8 and the 10. Sure. And, and the then 10 Lauren. is – it's actually early November is when it comes out. Mm-hmm. So the 8 is basically just a – it really is a 7S. Like mm-hmm. they used to do this thing where they would do the 5 and then the 5S and then the 6 and 6S. This year they skipped the 7S. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know exactly why. My hunch is that because Samsung is on the 8, so they should also be on the 8. But Mm -hmm. maybe they think that there was enough of a difference this year to justify jumping one number. Um, The main difference is, you know, some upgrades. It's faster. has a better camera. It also has a glass back on it, which Mm -hmm. is so that it can be charged with this thing that's called a wireless charger. I think that's kind of a a misnomer. It's you not, have to put it down. You still, just... put, you still have to touch it to the device. So right. um, it's basically a pad. Ikea 
has like coffee tables with these charging pads built into them. Mm-hmm. Some fast food restaurants are building tables with these pads built into them. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a system like called the, Qi, spelled Qi. Q-I. So mm-hmm. oh that's God. like kind of the big difference in – but it looks plus. like the it looks like a, a six essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Sorry, unless so. you turn it over. Yeah. Right. Unless you turn it over. But it, it has the button at the bottom. Right. It has right, the home Lauren, button. your thoughts on this one? Well, the way I look at it is that the eight and the eight plus make iterative changes to the seven and the seven plus before it. It has better speakers. A better processor, which Apple is calling its bionic processor, because the past couple of generations of chips, they've started giving these names to like fusion and bionic because people like to repeat it. And then they're like, I have a bionic processor in my phone. And then there I think if you're an employee uh, at the month uh, at Apple, you get to name the chip. It was probably, you know, they're older. <laughs> so bionic has a lot of meaning to us older folks, the bionic Ooh. woman, the bionic man. Oh, is that right. one of the Ron It's like, Popeil, are you a computer? Uh, He's fast. If you're old, you really, it's a big memory. It's a big memory. Isn't there a bionic that, Can you do that or something like that? No, there's that? a bionic woman, a bionic man, and then I think they married at some point. They were double okay. bionics. Anyway, we won't get into my being old. <laughs> but go ahead, Lauren. Go ahead with the A+. Plus, and I want to get uh, to the 10 because so that's the speakers. Game, really processor camp improved camera they're always making camera improvements from generation to generation of phone and then the glass back as dan mentioned and the wireless charging which for some people is a pretty big deal but i look at it as like those are the four things that set the eight apart from the seven the 10 is the big leap and the 10 in a lot of ways is where apple's catching up All right, so um, dan 10. what did you think of the 10 when you first dan i think you were the first person who like got a picture of the 10 i walked right up to it and started photographing oh, it wow. um Hey, it looks really nice. Like the screen is amazing. It's a different type of technology for the screen. It's the first time Apple's using that in a phone. It's called OLED, which I think stands for organic LED. It's very bright. It's very vibrant. And the first thing you notice is that it doesn't feel like an iPhone because the corners are curved Mm -hmm. because there's no home button at the bottom. So instead of having these square crops uh, like every other iPhone that you've spent 20 hours staring at for the last 10 years – You've, it feels like you're looking at a different device. Mm-hmm. Um, Which should be disconcerting to some. It, it was disconcerting, even as someone who, you know, is pretty adaptable to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest change will be in user behavior. They've really changed significantly how you use the phone in two basic ways. Uh, one is there's no home button. So that way, that, that, that button that you click 500 times a day subconsciously, mm-hmm. you can't do that anymore. It's gone. It's been replaced by a screen. And that's where Apple's saying, we've been aiming at this for 10 years. We have a device that's all screen. And it's literally now almost all screen on the front. There's still a little forehead at the top for the speaker and that kind of stuff. But it really is all screen. So instead of the home button, you swipe up now from the bottom of the screen. Um, that's the main change. And then instead of and, – and then to unlock it, you don't have your – thumbprint on the home button anymore you have a facial id system called face id all right face id Um, lauren what do you think of the 10 what did you think is it a big game changer for them I've said this before, and I think in a lot of ways, Apple is catching up to some of its competitors. There are other smartphone makers out there who have done edge-to-edge OLED displays. They've done biometric scanning of some sort. In a lot of cases, it's like iris readers, like Samsung has done this before. Other people have... But theirs doesn't work, right? It's just done what Apple is doing. But the difference is when you're a manufacturer like a Samsung or an LG or even uh, an Essential, you know, which we talked about last week, you don't have full control over the hardware and the software stack. You're running Android. And so, and and all the phones are made to different specs and form factors and sizes. And so you don't get kind of this unified experience. And one of the advantages that Apple has is it controls the full stack. It It controls the hardware, it it controls the software, it controls the chips, it makes the chips, it designs, you know, it, it does everything 
on its own. And so it can make something that feels a little bit, you know, some of these things can work better because of the element of control they have. All right. So, so we don't know yet until we try the face ID. And they talked a about, lot about... What about the experience? Did you feel like it's a real difference? People are going to have a problem because it's not like the old Apple? No, I think I think the people who spend $1,000 on a phone are the people who are going to like, they're going to make that thing work. They just want to say they have the $1,000 fancy <laughs> iPhone and they're going to be like, no, it's fine. It works great. Like, yeah. Yeah. Here's yeah. the big difference. I don't know. Like in practical thinking, the mm-hmm. to me the biggest difference is you can't unlock the phone on its way from your pocket to your face anymore because mm-hmm. it won't unlock until it sees your eyes. Oh my you not God. only have to be looking at the phone, but you have to be looking at the phone. What if you're so, in the dark? Uh, it works what if in the you're dark. Kara Swisher and you wear sunglasses indoors? Yeah, I know. It will adjust is to it your sunglasses. Know my sunglasses? Yeah, it will. And if it you get better. new ones, it'll learn them. Oh, okay. All this right. is oh, Apple's AI at work. Or else they're going to Learning your face. Learning your face. Okay, so I'm going to ask about this competitors in a minute, but the $1,000 price tag. Every, you know, we had, we had lots of people are mentioning. It's like, oh, that's they're a lot of money. They're freaking out about this. They're freaking out. I'm freaking yeah. out. I'm like, that's a lot of money. I, need- I, I tweeted about this last week. It is a lot of money. The current iPhone is a lot of money, too. The current iPhone is like $900, depending on your configuration. Yeah. So, it, I, you know, I asked them, like, why are people freaking out about 1000 versus 900 Someone, I think Paul Graham said, because people have 10 fingers. And... <laughs> I think that's the actually the right answer because yeah. people have 10 fingers. So yeah. all of a sudden this is another digit added on. But if you divide $1000 by how many how much time and value no, you get out of an no, iPhone. No, people it's are paying nothing. more for purses in school. Yeah. Yes, some people are. Yeah. Right? Kara Swisher. It's, I mean it's a lot of money, but it's a freaking computer in your pocket that yeah. does almost everything you want. So. All right, Lauren, your thoughts on the $1000 price tag? I have a very unsexy response to that, which right. is that I think this is about average selling price for Apple if you look at the, you know, in the spring of 2016, Apple, I think, had um, quarterly declines in iPhone sales for the first time. And then the couple, two quarters after that, they had declines in iPhone sales. They sold more phones for the holidays, again, of course, because they always sell a lot around the holidays. But then I think last quarter or sometime early this year, I think in May when they reported their iPhone sales were down again. I mean, iPhones, smartphones, it's a mature market at this point. Uh, in certain markets, the majority of adults who have phones are using smartphones. And so these companies have to figure out ways to innovate, you know, or convince people they're innovating and just keep selling. And if they can't sell the same volume, then they have to increase the price. Increase the so price. you're looking now at two different SKUs. You're looking at iPhone 10 plus the new iPhone 8s. So people are looking at, they're not looking and saying, should I buy one of these or should I buy another Android phone? Now you have people saying, should I buy the 10 or should I buy the eight? You know, people right. who are interested in What's a phone the price to begin the with. What's the and there's, price? Well, the price of the eight is, also went up, I think $50 at the base price. Um, the iPads also went up a little bit at the base price. So you're mm-hmm. looking at them like increasing prices a little bit at a time when the volume might not be the same. Yeah, but it's definitely not saying we're for people who are on a budget. This phone is not. This is no. I say, that's what I dis- the six. I, that's what the I disagree six with will be for the six. All right. Okay. All I don't right. think Apple's really? trying to boost its ASP numbers with a fancier phone. I think they want to ship a really awesome phone, and they're going to charge what it costs to to make a fancier phone. Right. And also, they're not going to be able to make enough of these. Like they're going to sell out at any price because they're not going to be able to make that many. Gosh, so, damn! What's your price? Two thousand dollars for a phone? What is it? Well, well here's the OLED the thing. is really I don't expensive. Pay that. Here's the thing: no one pays that money up front. Like right. very few people pay that. I pay whatever it's fifty dollars a month for my phone. The way most people are are buying them right. on, they're either leasing them or they're buying them on yeah. installment. That's plans. a fair point. So That's a fair point. if you get on the upgrade program, no one's ever actually paying a thousand dollars. You're paying a down payment of whatever it is, $100, mm-hmm. $200 or something like that. And then you're paying your monthly installment and, you know, whatever. Well, 
Dan, you're not spending it on fancy clothes. So. <laughs> I mean, let me say wow. this. I agree. Oh, wow. My Scandinavian <laughs> shirt is not good enough for you? No, but I, it, it is interesting that people will spend a lot of money on certain luxury. It's a luxury. Yeah. It feels like a luxury price. That's all. It, I sure, think it's fair to say. And, but, and, but and I'll agree at the end of the day, too. distributed over 24 for, months? Well, yeah. I don't okay. know. Okay. All right. Lauren? Well, for some people, to Dan's point, dispar- distributed over many months and with some upgrade programs, it's probably not going to feel like all that much to some mm-hmm. people. And so I do totally agree with that. And I think that Apple made this phone because it could and it wanted to prove that it could make this awesome next generation phone. But at the end of the day, Apple wants to sell phones. Right. That's what they so, do. That's what they yeah. sell phones. So uh, I want to get to the competitors. Let's do it. Okay, let's do the competitors. Very really, what, they, they OLED phones out there. There's a lot of them. So what? how does it stack up against, I guess, Samsung would really be the one you want to talk about. Lauren? Hmm. Well, it doesn't have a stylus. So if you are a person who really, really likes to use a stylus with your giant tablet, you are out of luck with the iPhone X. All right. Dan? That's what well, I have to say. Well, it's the only one that runs iOS. So Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. That, I mean, but that's Apple's big advantage. Like, you know, if you don't want to run Android, then here's your only option, basically. Right. So do people, because yeah. people who have those ones do love them, the Samsungs, the ones who... Some really, do. Yeah. Some just do. buy them because they they're there. And... Yeah, and we should also note that Google uh, just announced uh, a hardware event that's going to be happening October 4th. So okay. in as little as a couple of weeks, we're going to see probably, we don't know, but we're probably going to see yet another phone. Yeah. And it's probably going to be a pretty nice phone. You're yeah. probably going to look at the $800 or above price range. But they've. So but is it, it's interesting to see if people will shift back from the Sam. People like the, the large screen of the Samsung phone. That's why they seem to move. That's the thing that they didn't love Android as much as the screen and totally. the, the look of it. So it's, it'll be interesting yeah. to see if they shift back to the Apple phone now that it's, it has that. I think some will, but not a yeah. ton. Yeah. All right. So another thing happened. Uh, the Apple Watch with LTE. Uh, does anyone want LTE on their list? I think it's it should have been the first time, but here it is now. Lauren? I am going to fundamentally disagree with you about it should have had LTE the first time, only because the LTE wristwatches, LTE smartwatches that we have reviewed before, generally something suffers because you've added the LTE, the cellular modem, mm-hmm. and it's either style or battery life or both. And in this case, we don't know yet because we haven't had the chance to really get into the, the testing. At the time you listen to this, I will have tested the watch more, but it's just going to be interesting to see how battery life performs now that you've added this. I'm looking at LTE right now based on the very sort of limited experience I had the other day at the event as something that may be nice to use in certain situations, but it's not something you're really going to seriously rely on in a smartwatch. Okay. And is it heavier? Is it bigger? The design didn't suffer. Is it's it the same? ever so slightly thicker. Apple and it's it, it, Apple's so brilliant at marketing. It's like it's two sheets of paper thicker. <laughs> like, you know, most people say like a hair thicker or yeah. like barely thicker, and they're like, we put two sheets of paper in between them. And, you know, so if you look at the heart rate sensor module on the underside of the watch, it's ever so slightly thicker than previous versions. But that's it. Aesthetically, it looks almost exactly the same. There is a little red dot on the mm-hmm. side of the crown on the watch, which is supposed to let people know that you have an LTE-enabled smartwatch. Otherwise, it looks exactly the same. All right, so Dan, your thoughts on the watch, and then we'll get to questions from the audience. It's, you know, it makes sense that they were able to do it. I think it, it in some ways it would be freeing. I think I'll start going on runs without my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you have people, it's not going to replace your phone yet, but I think it's definitely the way that things are moving in the future, that all kinds of devices have an always-on cellular connection on them. So, mm-hmm. You'll be able to have internet watch maybe or internet glasses or something like that. I'd, I would not say it's revolutionary by any means. And Helpful. Yeah. And it, it, like you could say, I'm going to leave my phone at home all the time now. And you may do that. But 
you're also going to want to have your camera with you, which right. is your phone. You know, your phone does a lot of stuff. Yeah, now, does so. it pick up calls, Lauren? Yeah, does it pick it pick up calls too? Right. So I think I think it's yeah, be super it will. Cool. Yeah, oh. but I don't think I it's gonna yeah, it's supposed anything. to do this thing where it seems like if you're using your Apple Watch now and you've got your phone nearby, the watch is getting all of its connectivity from your yeah. phone. Yeah, uh, it's supposed to do this thing where if you were to step away from the phone while you're wearing the watch and let's say you run out to grab a coffee or you run a quick quick errand or something you happen to not have your phone it's supposed to do this seamless handoff to the lte modem on the watch and so the idea is like you would still get your text messages and your phone calls and that sort of thing so i can mm-hmm. see that being convenient talking but your wrist just right. based on past experience usually it does impact battery life in a pretty you know in a pretty bad way so yeah, we'll see so I, I didn't really leave any my phone is with me at all times it's like my bodyguard anyway <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what hold on there's one other use okay. case i all think right. it's, okay it, which is emergencies or when your phone is dead. So if you want to hail an Uber and your phone, you've either lost your phone or it's the battery's dead or something like that. This is, you know, it can pay for itself in one use and emergencies too. If you're, if you're somewhere and and your phone has been stolen or whatever um, and you need to call 911, you can. Yeah, you could call your own phone and yell at yourself. And you're not going to pay extra for it. So what about you? Yeah, they showed this example of, um, in, which I think was a little bit tongue in cheek, but of this woman surfing in a, in a marketing video that Apple made and she's, you know, out of the water and she's catching a wave. And then all of a sudden she's interrupted by the sound of her phone ringing, but it's not her phone. It's coming from her wrist because she's wearing the Apple watch in the water. And so it's kind of this like funny look at, okay, when you're really isolated and your phone is not nearby, but you need to take a call or make a call, like it's there, it's there as an option. Right. Oh, good. Now I can be reached anywhere by Dan Fromer. That's a problem. That's exactly right. All right. right. In just a minute, we're going to take some questions about this week's Apple event from our readers and listeners, and Dan and Lauren are going to answer them. But first, we're going to take a quick break for a word from one of our sponsors, Lauren. Kaching. Today's show is brought to you by Away Travel. They asked thousands of people how they pack, why they travel, and what bugs them most about their luggage. Then they made affordable, high-quality suitcases that solve their problems. I actually have one of these at home, and actually my son took it and loves it and refuses to give it back to me. He likes being able to charge his phone, and he likes the whole look of it. And I literally, I don't know. It, it flew away this past week, so I'm never going to see it again. But in any case, uh, it's a pretty cool suitcase. There's a TSA-approved combination lock built into the top of the bags and suitcases to prevent theft. And inside, there's a removable, washable laundry bag to keep dirty clothes separate from clean, which my son never does. Both of Away's carry-on bags can charge cell phones, tablets, e-readers, and anything else that's powered by a USB cord. A single charge of the Away carry-on will charge your iPhone five times. In fact, that worked. We did try that. Uh, There's a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they will fix or replace it for you. And if you're still not sure, there's also a 100-day trial period. Use it, fly with it, and if at any point you decide it's not for you, return it for a full refund. No questions asked. It's also pretty cool looking. I'm not the coolest person, but it's pretty cool looking too. Our listeners get $20 off a new suitcase. Just go to awaytravel.com slash ask and use the promo code ask during checkout. There's free shipping on all orders in the lower 48 states. That's awaytravel.com slash ask and use the promo code ask. Okay, we're back with Dan Fromer and Lauren Good. Dan is the editor of Recode, and Lauren works at The Verge and is my co-host on Too Embarrassed to Ask. We're talking about this week's Apple event, but both of them attended. And now we're going to take some questions from our readers and listeners. And between them, they should have the answers. I have no answers for any of you because I did not go to this event. There were a lot of questions. Actually, Lauren, I'm going to read them, and then you guys will each take one. How about that? So let's start with iPhones and a lot of questions about wireless charging. It seems to have interested people. Aaron Wong. 
Wong at Aaron K. Wong. Phones are getting really expensive. Just a few years ago, flagships were $600. Now we're basically double that to $1149. Dan, please discuss. I'm not entirely sure about the math on that, but I'll say what I said before. If you want to amortize that for less time you're spending at your $3,000 iMac and all the value you're getting out of your phone, and if you insist on having the the top-of-the-line phone, I think that is not a totally unreasonable price tag. I don't think anyone's being gouged. Okay. There are plenty a small of small price to pay is Dan's If you want a $200 answer. phone, you can buy a $200 phone. All right. Okay. Next one for Lauren. Email from Harris Caston. Do any of the new phones, 8, 8 Plus, or X, have a dual SIM card capability? Lauren? That is an excellent question, and I have to be honest, I don't actually know. Apple is one of the manufacturers that has held off a lot on dual SIM card capabilities in its smartphones. And I was going to say the Galaxy Note 8 has one. It may depend on the market. I'm going to you know, guess Harris, with 98% certainty the answer is no. No. All right. Otherwise, yeah, they would have bragged say, about it. They would have bragged. It, at this point, it, yeah, some, we would have dug it up or someone else would have written about it. But but Harris, at this point, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty certain no. And uh, we'll have to get back to you. Thanks all right. for emailing. We can email you back. Uh, email from Patrick McKeever. Will the new phones work with new gigabit speed networks? Dan? <laughs> this is the one Lauren and I were saying, we don't really know. Okay, um, right. I, I, don't That's not a word that, that I remember them saying on stage. Right. Uh, I know that I've seen some tweets from telecom guys saying that it does work on certain bands that they weren't sure it would work on. I'm not entirely sure that would make a huge difference in day-to-day usage anyway. But right. maybe it would. I don't All know. Right. They'd have to rely on Qualcomm's technology to make that happen, and I'm not quite sure how likely that is. All right. right. There's a big lawsuit right now. All right. Lauren, this is for you from Adrian Pollock. Have any advancements been made with regards to the quality of audio for voice calls? That is something we're going to have to wait for the full reviews to find out because we just don't know yet. I mean, when we saw the demo models on hand at the event on Tuesday, it's not like we were able to make phone calls from the demo models. At least I didn't make phone calls. I don't know if you tried to. But um, one thing that's worth noting about the new phones is that the speakers are better. This, of course, is not the same as audio call quality, but just with regards to audio in general. Um, the speakers are better. There are now two speakers at the bottom of the eight. And that is something Apple talked about on stage. Um, call quality, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, and I'll add one one tip. If you want a better sounding phone call, use FaceTime audio. It's going to sound better yes, than, it does, your, indeed. than your carrier. All right. Justin Soffer at Justin Soffer. Why no 512 gigabit option? Many people would automatically buy the top of the line and high margin on memory. Dan? I know, Justin. That's a great question. I don't know. I, uh, perhaps <laughs> they just want to keep things simpler or they couldn't source enough 512 gig chips in the right size to fit into a phone. Lauren, any thoughts? I'm going to go with whatever Dan said. All right. Then you get this next one. <laughs> trying to Dig- figure out why Apple does storage the way it does is like, a, you know, trying to figure out, I don't know, how Kara Swisher gets all of her scoops. <laughs> I, I work harder than you do. Uh, Lauren, this is for you. How long do you think Apple will stick with the X design before it gets a major change? David, you're just like, we just gave you a major change and now you want another major change? <laughs> go ahead, Lauren. That's my answer to that one. But go ahead, Lauren. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think they're going to try to stick with this design for a while. I think this phone has been in the works for a while. And uh, this is a pretty dramatic change from an industrial design perspective on the phone. So unless there is some crazy amount of backlash to the iPhone X, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them stick with this this type of design for a little while. Dan, any thoughts? Same thing. 
I would say one to three years or one to four years. One to four years. I think they're going to come out with an orb next year, just an orb that you just stare at. It is. The, I will say it's weird orb. that they hmm. skipped nine and went to ten. It's weird that it's X because everyone's calling it X. X. I don't know. There's some, something so sexy. X. Yes. It's you know, just Scott something. Galloway said on my call that Apple was sex. But Facebook yeah, is love is. And, and Apple is sex. It, it, feel, it, it feels a little unsteady, but we'll see. This is my X. It's nice. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, an email from Ivan B. This is for Dan. Does the Apple charging device need to be plugged in? Oh, probably. Is there also room for charging wire or you must carry the charging device when you're traveling? You know, I didn't get to pick up the Apple charging device, which I believe is called Air Power. Is that right, Lauren? Air Power. Air Power. Yeah. Um, yes, it, it needs to be plugged in. There's still no uh, wireless electricity in uh, in the consumer market, so right. yes, it will so, have to be. You have to take it with you, right? You Correct. Take, is it heavy? Is there room for a charging wire? I don't know. I didn't get to pick it up. I should have snuck. Does a, it look look heavy, Lauren? Does it look? Does it look? No, it doesn't actually. It just looks like a charging mat. I don't know if it, you know there are ones that are out there already from companies like Belkin and Mophie mm-hmm. that use this Qi charging standard and. Um, it's just like a flat mat, but the Apple one, the AirPower one, happens to be a little bit bigger because their positioning is that you can you can fit your phone, your watch, and what was the third AirPods thing? case like, and your AirPods. Thank mm. you on it. Can um, you so use it's like a little bit longer regular ones? Can you use? Can you now use Qi with? Yeah. The, so Qi works yeah, if you, you buy old ones. Qi. Yes, and what Apple was saying mm-hmm. is that their well, I keep thinking it's called an AirPad, so I'm going to call it that. Their AirPad is a tweak to the Qi standard, which I believe they're going to try to submit back to the chi folks but so their chi is better than their other chi people's chi okay <laughs> all right yeah. okay all right next you one. know what that makes me think of what? it makes me think of the juicero guy when we had him <laughs> oh on boy. and he was talking oh about boy. chi and we chi. were like what is chi oh no but he Let's wasn't talking about him. wireless charging it's, he was talking we moved about along from the juicero guy we're now at the bodega guy whatever <laughs> jesus <laughs> what is wrong with these people anyway marco don juan and speaking of which, at Mark, whatever. Um, what's the pricing of the Apple-branded Qi mats? Follow-up, do they charge the same speed as plugging in them normally? Let's see whose turn was that. That was uh, yours, Lauren. Apple has not yet released pricing for the power mats. Uh, and we don't even know exactly when it's going to be released. It's sometime in 2018, that much that, that much we know. And uh, do they charge at the same speed as plugging them in normally? Yes, that is my understanding. So you my can't get them until 2018? Yeah, hey, no, Lauren, how much do you think they'll charge? $99. For the... I bet it's more. <sighs> really? I bet it's one, $129. I bet it's more, too. Yeah. When are they available? I, air, okay, little... Now, and this is not saying that AirPods aren't amazing technology. I actually really like the AirPods, but they're charging $169 for those. Is that yeah, correct? That's a lot. Yeah. I love them, though. They're worth yeah. it. Talk so, about I mean, if they're charging that for AirPods, I, I would put Air Power Matt in that in same. That, okay, yeah. so when are they, when's available? When's it available? We don't know, just 2018. Really? Mm-hmm. Come on. But can you put these Apple phones now, if you get them in November, on one of the, mat, the existing masks? Yes. Oh, all right. My understanding is yes. Chi. Mm-hmm. You can chi it up early. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. At JK, and this is for you, Dan, at Biz Marvelacci. Mar- whatever. Any explanation for Apple debuting an eight-year-old wireless charging standard in their flagship futuristic phone? I'm still getting it. <laughs> Of course. I hate Apple. I just hate it, but I'm buying it immediately. That's like Uh, so typical. I think because I'm not an expert on wireless charging standards, so I don't know if there's a drastically better one that's out there. But I think it's the same answer as when they used NFC for Apple Pay. It's because a market has developed for it. There are 
a lot of Qi devices in the wild. I don't see them, but I guess they're there somewhere. And it's in Apple's interest for this to be as compatible as possible with other stuff. Now, you could make the same argument. Why don't they have USB-C charging instead of lightning? That's for other reasons. Um, they want the lightning to do other things than just charging, I think. But I think in this case, unless there's something I don't know about that's so much better that they made the right move. Yeah, he's still getting it. doesn't matter. Okay, last so question I. in this section. Uh, very briefly, Lauren. Susie Thayer at Susie Thayer. Will wireless charging for the iPhone 8X work if they are wearing a case? That's what someone just asked me. Actually, someone asked me mm -hmm. yesterday about that. Will it go through the cases? It should, actually. Uh, as long as you're not using a metal case or something that is going to impact the conductivity between the glass back and the charging pad. Um, but if you're just using like a regular case, like not too thick, mm -hmm. um, it, it should, based on our previous experiences, charging these types of phones on Qi charging mats. All right. All right we're going to take a break for some more ads. Then we'll get back for more questions about the new Apple iPhones, the 8, the 8 Plus, and the X. To build the kinds of things developers want to build today, they need better tools. That's why Amazon Web Services built Amazon Aurora. It's a relational database engine that's compatible with MySQL and PostgreSQL. And it provides up to five times the performance of the standard MySQL on the same hardware at a tenth of the cost. Amazon Aurora from AWS can scale up to millions of transactions per minute. It automatically grows your storage to 64 terabytes. That's a lot of terabytes. And it replicates data to three different availability zones. You don't have to manage a thing. There are no upfront charges, no commitments. You only pay for what you use. Check it out at aurora.aws. This show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them. In fact, more than 80% of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate through the site in just one day. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. All right, we're here with Dan Fromer of Recode and Lauren Good of The Verge, who is also my co-host on Too Embarrassed to Ask. And we are getting more questions. We've got so many questions about the Apple iPhone. It's so it, people really love that iPhone. All right, first one we're going to ask about uh, other issues. We were talking a little bit about the Qi mats and, and other things, but now we're going to look at some other things. Face ID, email from Zach Schildhorn. Will Face ID work with sunglasses? This is a good question. They showed hats and scarves and beards and regular glasses, but no sunglasses. They were dissing Kara Swisher. I really feel that's the case. Thank you, Steve Dowling. Considering it, uh, you need to see your eyes. How will this work? Why don't we go with Dan on this one? I'm going to punt to Lauren. Maybe she's done punt, some research. Punt to Lauren. Did you check about my situation, Lauren? Let's go. <laughs> I didn't. I wish I thought of you when I was at the event. I had sunglasses in my pocket, too. I should have tried it. I think it should. They said it's going to work with glasses. Mm -hmm. They didn't say sunglasses. And so that's a really good question because 
someone also told me, and once again, I'm not 100% certain that it's based on my own experience, but that if your eyes are closed, it won't work. So like thinking, okay, glasses makes me think, yes, it would work. Sunglasses makes me think possibly not because then you're actually obstructing the view of your eyes. What if you scoot them down your nose a little so your eyes are peeking out? Will that work? The way that Kara does when she's yeah, yeah. yeah but still, I don't want to take them off. I'm, no, I'm, I, I just texted Steve either. Dowling. Does the iPhone work with sunglasses? <laughs> like, awesome. yeah, text him right now. See what I he just says. Did. I just if he comes back. I sh- he's going to get back That's to me. Awesome. He's better. Or else he's Apple said that they tested a lot of situations. They tested uh, people, of course, of all like different facial structures and skin types and colors and freckles, and they tested with makeup or without. They said they worked <laughs> with Hollywood to have people create masks to see if someone could replicate yeah. someone's face and then. Yeah. Spoof the ID. Like, oh, I trust man. that Apple did their homework yeah. and put a lot into this. But interestingly enough, one thing that might trip it up is twins. If you have twins. to have a twin. So you have an evil twin, uh, you're your screwed. Your twin might be able to unlock your phone. Yeah. yeah so right. it, the, the, that and sunglasses, I think we're still going right, to so try. You know what Steve Dowling just wrote me back immediately? Only for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> let me just say the iPhone facial recognition only works for Kara Swisher. Yeah, I, I'm going to guess now that they won't work with sunglasses because they did not say they would. Uh, only for me. Well, it works for me. Only he just promised you. it. I have a text. It will go up on Recode if it doesn't. So there we have it. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. You better get on it. Get Johnny Ive designing something. All right. This is uh, J.P. Balajadia. Now that police have to point a phone at someone's face to unlock it, isn't that less secure? Ooh, Lauren, take that one. Well, when I get Ooh, pulled that over, sort of I gets around my eyes the whole time. Yeah. So, you know, no one gets to me. All right. Okay. Uh, Dan, this is No, I mean, honestly, yeah, it's going to be one of those situations where, like, earlier this year, there were some suggestions being made that perhaps if you are a person of interest and you are traveling internationally and you suspect you might get sort of held up at an airport that maybe you shouldn't have your touch ID activated because someone could like force you to unlock your phone if it contains sensitive information like all this, all these these you know rare but certainly possible situations come into question with something like this yeah and I guess it's certainly possible that someone could you know order you to point a phone at your face to unlock it but yeah we just that- don't know all right, Steve Dowling just wrote me back again, not being a smart ass, and he goes, it does. It works with sunglasses. Oh, wow. Okay, we've got All some right. news breaking there. Thank oh, yeah. God. Thank exclusive. you. Here, too exclusive. embarrassed. Yeah, too, too embarrassed. Exclusive. Did you write back to Steve, hashtag too embarrassed, and then send him like a I sent him the picture about the police one, too. I want him to know about the police one. I'm just going to ask like <laughs> contemporary. <laughs> See, we need answers, Steve, immediately. Steve, we love we Steve Dowling, for those of you who don't know, by the way, you probably do if oh, you're listening sorry. to this podcast, but he's the, the head of uh, all of communications for Apple. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Kara's going straight to the source. We're usually texting back and forth about Game of Thrones, but this is much better. All right. Uh, speaking of which, Lord of the Flings, why didn't they go for touch and face ID like all other sensible phone makers? And where do extra notification icons like BT get displayed on screen? I think this one is Dan's, Dan. Yeah, I think it's Dan's turn. I've read, like many people probably have read, that they're, one of the options that were was considered was having a touch ID sensor built into the screen mm. or maybe even one on the back of the phone like oh, yeah, some Android makers do. They obviously chose not to do that. I think that they could not get it embedded into the screen in the way that they wanted to. And there's certainly some user usability issues about having it on the back of the phone. So all right. okay. uh, I think they think this is better and that it's all you need. Yeah. So the next question, same thing. Do you think Apple will bring back, uh, back Touch ID next year if the under-display fingerprint reader gets ready? Maybe. I think maybe, but oh. I think that if mm-hmm. this is better, then 
Forget it. Forget it. Right. They probably do. They do. They leave things behind. Apple just leaves them behind. They don't yeah. look back. They do and lots of things. All right. Uh, Lauren, this is about the Apple Watch. I've owned three Fitbit surges, but all broke. You see Apple Watch 3 as a good replacement or a higher quality product to Fitbit offerings? Oh, Lauren, I have to make a choice here. This is Kurt Pendleton. This is a really good question. So the one thing I'll say right away is that if you're looking at Apple Watch 3 because of the LTE and you're trying to compare that to a Fitbit experience, I, I don't think it's it's apples and oranges, but um, bum Eric is rolling his eyes in the back of his head right now because none of the Fitbits have LTE capabilities and that's not something, I mean, Fitbits just really focus on health and fitness. Apple Watch is about notifications. It's about some apps, some authentication like payments and by the way, health and fitness. But that said, I mean, I could get really into the weeds on this and people just like want to know whether they should buy a Fitbit or an Apple Watch. I think that if you're considering buying an Apple Watch and you've been happy for the most part with Fitbit and what you can do with a Fitbit, you should probably look at something like the Apple Watch Series 1 or the Apple Watch Series 3 without LTE because I don't think you necessarily need to pay $399 for LTE oh, that's how much it is. if you're just looking for health and fitness tracking. All right. Good question. Okay. Next one. We're going to get through the rest of these. Uh, email from Doug Allen. I just care about making phone calls, Bluetooth headset with mic, texting and playing music. Do I have to have a phone? Can I port my current number over to the watch? For that matter, does my phone have a new phone number? I don't know about that. No, of course you I think don't. maybe they're asking if the watch has watch a new has phone number. Watch has a phone number. So, oh, look at the watch. This current generation, I believe you cannot just port your phone number over to your watch. It uses what's called an electronic SIM, and it's actually using the same number and account as your phone. But so someday, presumably. Someday, of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably. But mm-hmm. right now, you could just leave your phone at home, but you I don't think you can get just a watch only watch phone. connection. Sorry, Dick point. Tracy, can't do it yet. Yeah, and I hate I hate to be like the you know the Debbie Downer here too, but and I keep coming back to this. <laughs> Did but you say Debbie life? Downer? Did you just say Debbie? Yeah, I'm Downer. total. Right. No, I'm now that someone t- wrote in that I'm the sweet one. I'm. We'll get to, to that. Really can you relax? It's enough. two questions away. If you would hurry up, go ahead, go for it. But the battery life thing—it's a real thing. I think right now with the watch alone running. Uh, like using cellular, you get like one hour of talk time or something like that. And then the watch right. is like dead. Dead. Okay. So you're All not right. going to want to use this as your main no, cellular you're device. not. You're not. Okay. Anshul Kapoor, one of our fa- – I am Anshul. Why did Apple uh, do exclusive carry deals for Watch 3 when it doesn't have to for the phones? Why limit consumer choice? One of you? Lauren? You don't know. I no. think because I mean, there's a non-trivial amount of – work that they had to do to get carriers to support this electronic sim mm-hmm. and to market the new Apple Watch. So they went with their partners that they thought would do the heavy lifting for them, and they'll probably add That's more as time goes on. very good explanation. All right, next mm-hmm. one for Lauren. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on the red crown on the LTE watch? What do you think, Lauren? The red crown is something that is a little bit befuddling because – it sends an outward signal to the world that you are wearing a watch that has LTE connectivity when you are really the only person who needs to know that. So once you've purchased the Apple Watch Series 3 with LTE, you yourself know that you spent $399 and you are paying $10 a month extra to whoever your wireless carrier is to have these capabilities. And so you look down at your watch and you know that if you had to, you could use it as as LTE, uh, as, as a cellular calling device. I, I don't know why it needs to have a red dot to tell right. the world that you have you don't like LTE a re- watch. All right. Okay. We're going to go It's fast. a differentiator. It's some right. type of design differentiator. All right. Well, you don't like it then. Okay. So two yeah. more quick questions. So very quick, you guys. Thank you for your card. This is from Craig Barger. Thank you for your podcast. I can't believe I'm reading this. I especially appreciate Lauren's sweet nature keeping Kara in check. 
Kara's Ariana voice is a hoot. Anyway, I was just about to buy AirPods, but Tim Cook alluded to the new wireless charging case. Do you know if Apple's going to be releasing new AirPods in 2018 or just the new case? I think it's just a new case, right? Correct? I think so. Just a case, right, Lauren? I don't know. Whatever. I'm not sweet. <laughs> no, I'm not, not that answering. part. You aren't You guys sweet. can do the rest of the damn show. <laughs> Bye. Oh, my God. Care. You're not good at being Kara Swisher. It doesn't work for you. No, just really go back not. to school. I would say that they may have changed something on the on the way that they make AirPods, and maybe their process yeah. is getting better, but I don't think the product is yeah, changing it's not this a, year. It's not a big upgrade. No. I think the big upgrade is when they make them look less ugly. I think that's really <laughs> the next upgrade, don't you think? All right, last question, and very quickly, thoughts, uh, tech coolness. And by the way, Lauren is not sweet. Let's just keep that clear. <laughs> Let me just tell you, Lauren is not, Kara Swisher is the best person ever. Uh, Lauren, Aaron just ran in and then ran out. Okay, thoughts on diversity or lack thereof during Apple's keynote, and then related by Todd York, discuss the irony of having a female Apple employee paddling alone on a body of water, calling into the event. Great imaging. Why were there only? Why was there only one female executive from Apple on stage? You not discuss her BlackBerry trench unless you discuss the untucked shirts of the overweight Apple execs. I'm not going to read the rest. <laughs> Uh, Burberry. It was a Burberry uh, trench. Uh, yeah, it's a if Blackberry anyway, starts making about trench Phil fits, Schiller, which we're not going to read, and his Burberry shirt and rack not covering it. We're not going to go into that because that's not nice. Um, so, but let's talk about the diversity issue. Why would the, it would lack thereof? They had Angela on stage. They. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a real issue yeah. for Apple and every big tech company. They they know that they're not going to just hire a new senior executive team to get more women and people of color on there. That said, they have been making some progress there. They have been getting more women on stage overall. I, I used to have a chart where it was like almost none at all. But they're not going to get rid of Phil Schiller so they could have a, a woman yep, modeling have. the iPhone or something like yep, that. Yeah, that's true. Lauren, thoughts? I agree with Dan in the sense that it's indicative of a larger problem. The problem isn't how many women they had on stage. The problem is how few women they have in their senior and executive rankings that they that they could put on stage. Um, there, of course, are other women. We could talk about someone like Jennifer Bailey, who runs mm-hmm. Apple Pay, or Lisa Jackson, who's the head of their environmental uh, their policy department, yeah. essentially. There are other women who they could have put on stage, but for whatever reason, they chose not to. And yes, they did put a woman named Deirdre Caldbeck, uh, who I believe works on Apple Watch, out on a paddleboard in the middle of nowhere and then had her call in to show the the calling capabilities from Apple Watch. And yeah, I mean, it would have been nice if, you know, maybe they Deirdre didn't have to go out on a paddleboard. Uh, maybe she paddled right into the stage Steve Jobs Theater, let me just say. Yeah, it is It is a thing. I mean, yeah. the, the, all tech events. And by the way, there are some tech events that I've been to that have certainly been almost more offensive in their yep. approach to how they've the, depicted women. I think, um, but I think you there saying, aren't enough. enough. And we'll end it. It's a thing. It's a thing and it's mm-hmm. got to be fixed. It's a real thing. So much stuff. It's a long-term problem. Oh, it's a... Well, it needs to be it's, a, it's both, but yeah. it's also a long-term yeah, problem. Absolutely. All right. This has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Dan, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, Dan. That was really fun. If you all had as much fun this week as we did, be sure to subscribe to our show. And you can also leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. And remember to point out how sweet Kara is and how hard-hitting and mean I am. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Do it. Keep trying. Now. But seriously, subscribe. No, it doesn't work for you. Stop. It's it's painful to hear. But seriously, subscribe if you do. Just stay on sweet. It works for you. But seriously, subscribe. If you do, you'll be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. And if you're not on Apple Podcasts, you can also subscribe on Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can listen to every episode at recode.net slash podcasts. And while you're there, you should check out our other podcasts like Recode Decode, Recode Replay, 
and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. Just click on Recode Everything and you'll be fine. The Verge also has a great podcast. It's called The Verge Cast. It's hosted by Neilai Patel. We actually did a live Verge Cast this week as well from San Francisco. So be sure to check that out. Don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Rico with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to Too Embarrassed at Recode.net. Thanks for listening. And thanks also to Cadence 13. That's the company that distributes this show, including Beth O'Connell and our editor, Chris Basil. And thank you to our producer, Eric Johnson. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask. So tune in then. Hi, this is Kara Swisher. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Our media industry listeners will already know this, but Recode is owned by Vox Media, and we wanted to include a special shout-out because we're so proud to be associated with them. Vox Media is a fast-growing modern media company known for its standout technology and high-fidelity advertising. Its platform is what supports our growth here at Recode, and it's what allows us to go deeper into the topics you, our listeners, care most about. For us, that's tech news, reviews, and analysis. But for listeners who haven't already, you should check out Vox Media's other editorial brands. There's Vox.com, which goes deeper into explaining the stories defining our world today. On SB Nation, they tell the story beyond the scoreboard. And there's many, many more, including Eater, Curbed, Racked, and Polygon. What unites all of these editorial brands is a refusal to compromise on quality because we believe in the power of depth and we believe in the best of our audiences. If you aren't going to go deep, where are you going? Fox Media.